0: Wisdom Eccentrics by Nat Chan Rinpoche. Good evening. Chapter seven. This is what I learned from Khyabjai Kunzang Dorje Rinpoche, and a great deal more. Each story that follows elucidates some aspect of Buddhism. Rinpoche's method was to teach me how to find my own answers and find them to be Buddhism. Part two, the attack without mercy. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition is a catchphrase from the Monty Python television series. Men dressed in late 18th century Spanish costume invade other Monty Python comic scenes on sharply contrasting subjects. The surprised actors in the other scenes exclaim, we never expected the Spanish Inquisition, to which the inquisitors respond, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. In similar vein, in the movie Little Big Man, General Custer is told by one of his captains that the Indians know his platoon is there so there's no purpose in launching a surprise attack. General Custer responds, but nothing is more surprising than the attack without mercy. Kyabjai Kunzang Dorje Rinpoche said, the world is full of idiots. There are many kinds of idiots, foolish, harmless idiots, shy, emotionally vulnerable idiots, oversensitive idiots, ridiculous pious idiots, comfort-seeking idiots, mundane conformist idiots, tight-minded conservative idiots, unconventional exhibitionist idiots, puritanical idiots, pompous spiritual idiots, self-righteous hypocritical idiots, self-satisfied sanctimonious idiots, academic scholarly idiots, tedious self-centered idiots, clever scheming idiots, power-seeking idiots, arrogant bigoted idiots, cruel avaricious idiots and dangerous vicious idiots. I have no time for idiots. Chapter seven, a limping sheep. Having entered Rinpoche's room and performed prostrations, I sat in eager anticipation, mixed with dread. Rinpoche ignored me. He was busy with some text and was arranging the order of the pages. Tibetan texts are all loose-leaf compilations contained between two wooden boards. They are then wrapped in cloth and bound closed with a fabric tape. Rinpoche occasionally looked up at me, or at Penadorje, as if he were checking how many of us were there. It was only ever a cursory flick of the eyes in our direction, and he made no statement as to how long he would be occupied. I started wondering, after about a quarter of an hour, whether we should suggest coming back later but realised that if Rinpoche had wanted us to go and come back at another time, he was quite capable of conveying that information. Rinpoche suddenly spoke. Stories of Dolkyense are widely known. Maybe you have heard stories of Dolkyense? Yes, Rinpoche. What stories? he barked. I heard one about Dokiense reanimating a wild blue sheep after he and his disciples had eaten it. Oh, yeah, that is one story. But do you know the meaning? I think I do. Ha! You think. Too much thinking. Always too much thinking. Tom, you're. But no clarity. Anyhow, we will see. I will tell this story and then I will question you. Then you must know the meaning. On one occasion, after killing a wild blue sheep, Do Kiense instructed his disciples to take the meat and roast it over a fire. The fire was burning merrily and the smell of the roast sheep was wafting amongst the eagerly gathered nostrils of Do Kiense's disciples. One disciple, however, was having some sort of religious idiot ideas about this sheep butchering. Dolchiense, sensing his spiritual doubts, said, Be careful to preserve the skin and the bones. At the end of the feast, Dolchiense said to the doubting disciple, Now bring the skin and bones, lay them out in front of me, as they would naturally be from the sheep. Dokiense then sat in silence for a while, before suddenly snapping his fingers. The sheep jumped up, shook itself in its hide and trotted away. The sheep was limping a little, however, because the doubting disciple had omitted to replace one small piece of bone. What do you learn from this? That, I stumbled. You shouldn't have doubt about the Lama. Rinpoche shook his head. Tomyore, he sighed. This is the answer you have learned how to give. All Tomyores can give this answer. This is not why I tell you stories. I do not want to hear conventional answers. I want you to use your natural intelligence. I do not want you just to parrot the teachings you've received. I was back in the jungle with the tiger again. I thought I'd made some headway and suddenly I was back at the beginning, giving idiot answers. Rinpoche was poised for a lethal pounce. I realised I'd be thrown out if I didn't come up with something better almost immediately. So I blurted, Uh, Precision, Rinpoche, a disciple has to be precise in following instructions or there is no transmission. Rinpoche nodded. Ha! Why did you not say this first? I don't know, Rinpoche. You must know. It is bad enough to be a Tomyur, but not to know why you say what you say is to be worse than a Tomyur. Now! Answer again, and this time, do not answer like a Tomyo or you must leave. I answered as I did because I thought it was an answer that showed something important about Vajrayana. Yeah, yeah, ja, yeah. This is merely a proper answer. This is an answer that people learn to give. This is how Tomyors learn. They learn all the proper answers and then they give these answers and become parrots. Rinpoche then made noises like a squawking parrot. We then sat in silence for 10 minutes, 10 minutes of purgatory. I wondered what would happen next but at least I'd not been thrown out. Rinpoche had been looking out of the window, but suddenly he turned to me with a furious look. The fury, however, translated into another story rather than a reprimand. The Gyaupo of Derge had been a benefactor of Jigme Lingpa. Did you know this? No, Rinpoche. No, Rinpoche, he replied, imitating the hint of wine in my voice. Ya, 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 tommyo. was recognised as the incarnation of Jigme limpa and so the Gyalpo thought he ought to revere him. Like you think you ought to revere me, Rinpoche said nothing for a moment or two, and then shouted. You have something to say?" What was I to say to that? Well, sure, I did think that I ought to revere Rinpoche because Khyabjai Dujum Rinpoche sent me to him to receive Dzogchen Menakbe, so how could I not revere him? But was there any reverence that was not connected with Dujum Rinpoche? I'd obviously taken too long thinking about it because Rinpoche shouted If you have nothing to say, you must leave. So speak now, or go. I do think that I ought to revere you, Rinpoche, because Kyabjai Dujan Rinpoche sent me to you. But that doesn't mean that I won't come to revere you from my own experience. But it's still very early, and I ran out of words at that point. Oh, yeah. Good answer. This is not a Tomryo answer, so I will continue. So this Gyalpo wanted Do to live and give teachings in Derge. He wanted to own him as his own Lama. Do you think you can own Kunzang Dorje? No, Rinpoche. Oh yeah, and Kunzang Dorje does not own you. Anyhow, because the Gyaupo wanted to have Dolkyense as his personal Lama, there was much jealousy amongst the spiritual idiots in those parts. Dokyense came to hear of the jealous idiots and decided to leave Gyarong. He travelled through Golok and Mongolia manifesting Mahasiddha activities. The Gyaupo of Derge came to hear of this and felt an even greater desire to have Dokyense as his personal Lama. The Gialpo sent grand invitations to Dokiense, but he never replied. The Gialpo then sent representatives to invite Dokiense, but he refused. The Gialpo then wrote, If you don't come soon, I shall send my army to escort you to my Zong. This warning also failed to move Dokiense. The Gialpo then promised vast offerings. But again, he got no response. In desperation, the Giaupo inquired of Dodorupchen, what can I do? Nothing works to bring Dokiense to Derde. Dodorupchen replied, Dokiense's activity only resonates with those who are ready to understand it. There is no way for people who cannot understand. Maybe if you give up with your attempts to force the issue, he may come, but you will need to be open-minded and not try to change Dokyantse Rinpoche. He is a Mahasiddha. You will not be able to place conditions on him as you would with any other gyalpo's personal Lama. So the gyalpo resolved to rid his mind of demands, or at least to desist in writing and sending representatives. Then one day, out of the blue, Dokiense arrived. He appeared dressed as a Mongolian and, without preparation, gave the Gyaupo empowerments and teachings. The Gyaupo was delighted. He requested Dokyense to be his Lama and made his request with great fervency. But Dokyense refused. My understanding of Dharma is too unconventional. My way of living is too offensive to conservative society. I butcher sheep and eat the meat, so I cannot be any Gyalpo's Lama. The Gyalpo was bewildered and said, But you have just given empowerments and teachings, and these were all in perfect accordance with Dharma. Yeah, 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 that's as maybe, but you will see who I am if I remain in your land a day or two. Then, over the next days, Dokiense displayed extraordinary behaviour. He wore a hat made from the branches of a tree. He rode his horse bareback with the saddle strapped to his back. Then he dismounted, removed his clothes and walked back and forth in front of the Langdaa Gompa howling like a wolf. Next time he appeared wearing leaves, then dressed as a woman, then as a Mongolian warrior, then as a Drokpa from Hor. The Gyalpo, seeing these displays, attempted, without success, to dissuade him from manifesting eccentric behaviour. and Andokiense said, As I told you, I am not a Lama you would want. My understanding of Dharma is too unconventional. My way of living is too offensive to conservative society. The galpo apologised, but at heart he was still of the same mind on the subject. Anyhow, whilst all this was taking place, Derge was suffering from drought. The temperature had risen and the crops were dying. The gyalpo asked the ecclesiastics of the Katog and gompas for help. They tried, but they could do nothing to alleviate the drought. Recognising their failure, they suggested... Why don't you ask Dog He He's famous as a miracle worker. But maybe ask him to dress in the correct way when he performs his rites. I will do as you suggest, but I cannot ask him to change his dress. I've tried that and he really doesn't like to be asked. Yes, we know that. But anyway, this won't be good for religion in this area. And he must be brought to understand this, said the ecclesiastic idiots. If he performs miracles dressed like a nomad, people will lose respect for the ecclesiastic hierarchy. And that would be bad for religion in general. You must see that. Yes, I see that, but it will not be easy. I will see, but first we must end the drought. The ecclesiastics agreed that it was important to stop the drought but insisted that as soon as the drought was ended, the gialpo should insist that Dokiense wear conventional religious robes. The gialpo wasn't too happy about this, but went to Dokiense and requested help. I'll gladly help, replied Dokiense, but you'll have to settle for my methods and my clothing, and they might not please you. I have no objection to... Anything you do, as long as it brings rain for the crops. Well, I don't need to dress like a woman for this, Do Kienze replied, knowing that the galpo was worried about his clothing. But I'll have to knock a hole in the sky. Are you prepared for that? Certainly, whatever you do is fine. Well, get your people to prepare four huge sharp nails, and a hammer with a handle the length of my leg. The nails and hammer were prepared as requested and Dokiense appeared dressed in his sheepskin tuba, doubled down from the waist to leave his torso unclothed. Grasping the hammer in his right hand and four huge nails in his left, he approached the Gyalpo Zong. He attached iron chains to the nails and pounded them into the sky in the four cardinal directions. Sweat streamed from Dolquiense's chest and shoulders as he pulled on the nails and even more so when he began to pull on the chains. A swirling vortex appeared in the sky between the nails and a roaring sound began to swell. The air trembled. Sparks flew from the nails and smoke began to be emitted from the vortex he had created in the sky. Soon dark clouds obscured the sun and rain began to fall. Seeing the rain, the Gyalpo was overjoyed, but immediately his mind turned to the question of appeasing the local ecclesiastics. He'd have to talk with Dolkiense the next day. No sooner had this thought occurred to him than the rain became torrential and the water eventually threatened the land with flooding. The Gyalpo ran immediately to Dolkiense and begged for his help again. Again, Dolkiense gave his help. And the flood dissipated. Dokiense gave the Gyalpo his court and all the people advice on how to maintain their country and ensure rain in due season. They all agreed to follow Dokiense's advice, and famine was averted from Derge for many years. The Gyalpo decided to forget the admonitions of the local ecclesiastics as he was worried about approaching Dolchiense with questions of clothing after the miracles he had performed. The local ecclesiastics, however, were unmoved by the miracles. Miracles or not, Dolchiense is still wearing a white nomad's lambskin chuba. This is too bad and something must be done. Really, now you must use your influence and ask Dolchiense to dress in proper religious clothes. The drought has been averted and there is now no risk of famine. After some argument that would be tedious to detail, the Gyalpo agreed to approach Dokiense on the subject. Rinpoche, I offer great thanks for your help. You have saved the crops and averted famine, but could you not placate the local ecclesiastics by wearing something that looks more, looks, just a little more, like, religious clothing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that this would be the way it would work. If that's your attitude, I'm leaving. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have asked that. Please wear whatever you like, but please do not leave, pleaded the galpo. No, Do Kiense replied. I told you it wouldn't work, and it hasn't worked. The idiots here will remain idiots, and they'll never stop trying to make me be as they want me to be. I told you how it would be, and you've seen for yourself. Dokiense mounted up and rode away, never to return to that area. Now, Rinpoche began, you have shown that you do not need to answer like a Tomyur. Tell me what you understand from this. This was much easier for me somehow, so I answered without hesitation. The Gyaupo is a weak man. He wants Dokiense as his lama, but allows his desire to be destroyed by others. If he really wanted Dokiense as his lama more than anything else, he would not have tried to change him to suit the dictates of conventional religion. Oh, yeah, Rinpoche shouted but with fierce approval rather than fierce censure. You see, you do not have to be a Tomyo, but there is more to say. What is the po's other mistake? Again, that was an easy question to answer. He wanted to own Do Kiense, and a student, even if he's a king or local prince, cannot own his lama. Guru Rinpoche showed this when Trisong Detsen expected to be excused when it came to offering prostrations. Guru Rinpoche singed his beard with a sheet of flame. Trisong Detsen saw his error and performed prostrations. Rinpoche sat staring at me for some minutes. I could not fathom what his look betokened. At one point, I got the vaguest of impressions that he was trying to repress a smile. Eventually, he spoke. Oh, yeah, this is well spoken. Now, maybe it is enough for today. In some things, you are not a Tomyur, so we shall have to see tomorrow what you are. Rinpoche smiled faintly. Yeah. This was a good answer. Then I ruined it all. Thank you Rinpoche. Why, Tomyor? there is nothing to thank. Do you think I say this to please you? Do you think Kunzang Dorje is a flatterer? No, Rinpoche, I just wanted to be polite. Ya, 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 Tomyur. Maybe come back again the day after tomorrow. Maybe you sit all day tomorrow and try to gain clarity.